Broadcasting live from the Out of the Boat Ministry headquarters, you're listening to Cast the Net. Now here's your hosts, Matt Hynas and Sean Fraunfelder. Welcome to Cast the Net podcast, brought to you from Out of the Boat Ministries. This is part two of our three-part uh, podcast. Uh, this is the next set of interviews that we have with Pastor Brian and Pastor Dave. Uh, listen up. We really think you'll enjoy them. All right. Well, welcome back. We have our next two guests, or what have we been calling them? Victims. Victims. That's what we've been calling them. Victims. I is, feel like uh, a victim already. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, Pastor Brian Neville from uh, uh, Antioch Alliance Church, and we also have Dave McManus, who is a retired pastor from... I'm retired from the First Baptist Church in Wellston, Ohio. There we go. I thought uh, you were Methodist. Nope. Ordained Church of Christ and Christian Union. You know my Where favorite, did I get Methodist you know my favorite thing about Wellston? What's that? Ski. 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 Giovanni's. Ah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I wonder we get along so good, Brother Dave. Uh, I would like to say I recognize these two as pastors and appreciate that role and and the title that comes with that. But what I love when they come to Thursday night is out of the boat. They're just dudes. Yeah. They're just another couple guys. They bring the pastoral knowledge and you know, that Mm -hmm. studying and, but they come just as guys. They, they, they come to, to receive it out of the boat. Like we come to receive it out of the boat. Well, and, and, and this was, and, uh, we were, uh, we were meeting with with Pastor Brian one time, and and that was one of the things that we asked. Like, do you have a group of people that you can just be around and not be the pastor, just be one of the guys? Because you start looking at it, and you're like, I mean, for your guys' roles in the church, everybody's going to come to you for some of their problems, but then people tend to forget that. Oh yeah, you guys are also human and have struggles too, right? Pastors usually never get shepherd. Right. And and that's what is a, is an awesome thing of you guys just coming in here. Because uh, we have a couple other that, that pop in here and there. Um, but it's cool to have you guys just come in and just, you guys are just guys. Just be one of the guys. guys. Yeah. yeah, just <laughs> yeah. one of the guys. So, um, but, but anyways, if you want to introduce um, yourselves, just kind of a, maybe a little kind of background um how did you um you know how did you get to where you're at how did where was your when did god say hey uh i'm gonna change your plans and you're going to be a pastor um kind of um from that point to to where we're at right now so uh brian you want to start sure so uh it's funny i obviously Hadn't really planned on being a pastor. In fact, when I was about 12 years old, my pastor at my church came up to me one day and said, you know, I really think God is calling you into ministry um, and that you're going to be a pastor someday. And I got kind of (laughs) mad and was like, and was like, I want to be a pastor. Like, who are you to tell me what my, uh, you know, like, you don't know me, you know, which, and and I was like, you know, and so. And then I didn't think too much more about that and, you know, going through all, going through school, having all the different plans. And then, uh, in high school, I helped out with my youth ministry a lot. And I remember my youth pastor asked me to speak one, one night and I got up and did that. And I was, uh, starting to help lead games and stuff like that. And I, I just felt like one night God said, like, this is it. This is what you're going to do. Um, and so, so I was like, okay. And, and I went to school for youth ministry and my plan was I'm going to be a youth pastor. I'm going to be a youth pastor all my life. I don't, I don't care if I'm a 70 year old youth pastor, I'm going to be. Right. Uh, Cause the youth pastor is the cool pastor right, all the time. Right. You know, the one that gets yeah. to play around. Yeah. You get, yeah, yeah, you, get to, yeah. you get to play games, you get to have, have fun. And, and I always felt like you know, just being able to speak into a teenager's life, they're making choices that yeah. that are going to potentially, 
you know, set the direction for their whole life. And it was important to like get in there and speak to them. Um, you know, because, because it was so important for me when I was a teenager that I had somebody speaking into my life and that, you know, I had planned on going a, a different direction with my life, uh, until I had a youth pastor speak into mine and, and then I felt God call me to ministry. So, uh, so Not I want to interrupt, but what's funny yeah. is you're still speaking into people's lives in the right. directions of their lives as the the forefront pastor, yeah, not yeah, a yeah. pastor. Well, I was talking to an older pastor, uh, a guy who's in his 90s now, um, when I was thinking about switching over and being the lead pastor. And and I said, yeah, but I, I really feel like God's called me to, you know, speak into the lives of teenagers. And, and he said, I used to be a youth pastor long, long time ago because um, he's super old. And... Uh, <laughs> And, and he said, but he said, I've been able to speak into teenagers lives more now. And when I was a a senior pastor than I ever was able to, when I worked with youth. And so that, that really helped me uh, get a perspective on it. So I did, I did the youth pastor thing for quite a while. Um, and I loved youth ministry. I still love youth ministry. Um, and so then, uh, 2007, um, I moved from, uh, my church in Pennsylvania, which is over near Pittsburgh and, uh, city of the Lord, by yeah, the way, yeah. Pittsburgh, Terrible the Pittsburgh Steelers, yep. God's team, the greatest team to ever grace the NFL fields. Amen. Amen. Uh, Amen. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I, I, um, you know, I went to the, our district and I said, Hey, I'm looking for a, a new job. And so I ended up coming to Logan, Ohio, which I had never heard of in the Hawking Hills of Ohio, which I had never heard of in Hawking County, Ohio, which I never heard of. Um, <laughs> but I, I came to Antioch and I, I felt again, like God said, this was it. And, um, and I just knew that this was the place for, for me and my family. And, uh, and so I came as the youth pastor, and it was funny because uh, there were different people at our church that said, you know, Pastor Bruce is going to be retiring in, in the future. You know, would being a, a senior pastor be something that you would ever consider? And I was like, absolutely not. I do not want that job. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm a youth pastor. I'm going to stick with teenagers. I don't want to mess with, like, grownups and all their drama and... <laughs> and you know, uh, it, like I, I can deal with teenagers, teenagers, you can just say, stop being stupid. And they go, okay. You know that, and teenagers some, sometimes old grudges a lot less, a lot less. And, and it's just, I was like, I don't want, I don't want that, uh, at all. And, uh, so then in about 2010, uh, we started a, a service at our church called Pier 42 and, uh, and then I was sort of thrust into the role of preaching that every Sunday and, and helping to run that with J.A. from Out of the Boat and Aaron Harden. And, uh, and I remember one day this couple who had been dating came up to me and said, hey, we'd like you to, to do our, our wedding. And I remember thinking, like, they think I'm like their pastor <laughs> and, and like in my head, I'm still thinking, I'm, you know, I'm just the youth pastor. I'm just kind of doing this, you know, for something extra to do. But then I was like, oh gosh, these people like think of me as their pastor. And so that was another little shift. And then when Pastor Bruce decided that he was going to be retiring, uh, I remember I was out at at Rockbridge Nature Preserve, and I was just spending some time out there praying and stuff. And I felt like God said, like, you can do this. Mm-hmm. Like, like this, like a lot of these people already kind of think of you as their pastor. You can do this. And, uh, I, you know, then there was the inevitable argument with God, like, well, I can't do this because I'm a youth pastor. How, and, uh, how'd that work out? 
Uh, well, I'm the senior pastor at Antioch Alliance Church. Okay. So you, okay. so you, you and it's funny. Yeah. Have it. All of us sitting here have had that argument, and it all right. ends up right. ending yeah. the same way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in fact, the, the district superintendent for our district, he, he had a very similar uh, kind of story where he started as a youth pastor, and he was going to always be a youth pastor, and then he ended up a senior pastor, and then he was never going to ever do anything with the district, but then that's where he ended up. And uh, I was talking to him about that one time, and he just, he said, you know, God doesn't call you to a specific ministry. God calls you to be obedient. And he said, so, you know, where wherever God leads you, if that's where he leads you, that's where he wants you. So, uh, so I, I um, just really spent some time praying about it, and, and it seemed like that's where God wanted me. And uh, so then as Pastor Bruce was getting to retire, uh, we developed sort of this tra uh, transition plan where, uh, much like Jesus and John the Baptist, he became less and I became greater, and we sort of, you know, passed each other and... Uh, he started out in charge and I was the assistant guy and then slowly over time we kind of shared and were co-pastors and then I came, sort of came uh, and was the senior pastor and he was sort of assisting me and sort of phased himself out. So since 2017, I've been the senior pastor at Antioch. So real quick uh, before we move uh, to Brother Dave, how did you get with us here at Out of the Boat Ministries? That's Matt's fault. Okay, Matt kept mm -hmm. inviting Richard, and then he invited me, and then Richard started inviting me, and uh, one day I just said yes. So I drove in here, and I haven't stopped driving back in here. Well, it's funny because... Uh, sometimes that's how you have to do it. Cause when the youth group that I got called to ministry in, uh, I got called by a friend who I was more acquaintance with and he called me, was like, Hey, you should come to, come to this thing down the road. And I was like, I don't want to. And he, but he just kept on, kept on, kept on. And finally I was like, all right, I'm just going to go to shut the guy up. And then I got there and it turned out I had a bunch of friends there and it was like, Oh, and I loved it, and, and I couldn't stop going. Yeah, yeah. They got, my, they got my son, which is also called Dave McManus. They got him to come first, and Dave got in my car and talked about how much he just absolutely loved it. So he said, Dad, you ought to give it a shot. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good decision. So, Dave, how did you end up... Um, following the lead of the Lord to become a pastor. Uh, you haven't got that much time. <laughs> you would you need a, you, you would need a whole lot of tape. Uh, I was say I got saved when I was eight years old, but eight be eight years old or sometimes just like sixty year old men were babies when we come to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I was an eight year old baby that still had a lot of. Uh, Sin and to do, or not understanding what I was doing wrong was wrong. 17 years old, I went back to the altar and told the Lord I was going to change. And it was the next Monday I got in the car and was driving, and I said one of the dirty words again. And then the second one came out. Then I walked into the church with my wife, we decided to go to a different church. I didn't want to go to the same one my dad and mom had been taking me to all my life. And you know the devil talks. Hmm. Yes. He talks. The devil jumped on my shoulder in that church. The preacher was preaching, and he asked this question. If Jesus was to come into this door right now and sit down, would he sit right beside you, and what would he say? And the devil jumped right on my shoulder, and he says, 
Jesus wouldn't come into this church. said, look at the carpet. Look at the padded pews. Back in the, way back then, he even said, listen to the air conditioning. <laughs> he would go next door to the little old lady that's sitting over there, and Jesus would be sitting in there. He would never walk into this church. And you know, friends, I walked out of church for 10 years. Mm. 10 years. And then one day, I'm married. I got three kids at that time. I, w- I worked at Timpkin Rollerbearing in Columbus. And I, uh, I walked in there, and I couldn't do what I always did. I couldn't sit down and play cards with the guys during the breaks. I couldn't sit down and tell the dirty jokes with them. And the reason why I couldn't do it was because I was miserable, but I had no reason. I had no idea why. Mm-hmm. Why am I so miserable? And I sat down on this pan beside my workbox until work was over with, and then I drove home. Second night I went into work, it was exactly the same. I talked to nobody. I kept to myself. And at 7 o'clock, I walked outside, and I got in my little Datsun B210. Oh, I like to have one of those right now. <laughs> I turned, I put the key into the steering column, and I couldn't turn it on. I sat there for a half an hour. There was another shift that got off a half hour after me, and it was the mechanics and the millwrights. And this millwright by the name of John walked in front of my car, and I just rolled down my window. I said, John, do you know where Harry Gillum lives? Harry Gillum was my my foreman. Uh that we had four foremans and they rotated shifts, but I didn't. So I had Harry one week every four weeks. And Harry was the only Christian I knew Hmm. in all of Columbus, Ohio. He says, Dave, I don't know, except I know he lives on Duval Road, somewhere down by South Bloomfield. I said, thank you. And I turned the key on the car. I knew where South Bluefield was, but I did not know where Duval Road was. And they didn't have GPS. Yeah, right. No, this wasn't, there wasn't any ways or. No, no, no ways, no GPS, none of that stuff. And I'm taking and I'm driving down to South Bluefield and I'm on 33 and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, now, which way do I go? And this voice said, turn left. So I turned left at the very next road I came to. And I drove over the railroad tracks, and there was a sign up above the road that says Duval Road. I says, okay, which way do I go? And it said, turn left. And I turned left, and the second house I came to, it said H. Gillian. Wow. This stuff. You can't make this up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We love that line. That's I, now the boat tagline. I sure. had <laughs> GPS before there was GPS. Yeah, amen. Okay. My God, he, my God, looking ahead, he drove my car. And I walked into that, that old Baptist deacon's front room knelt down at the couch and there was a man died there that day. Oh wow. The old the old Dave stayed down and the new Dave got up. Yeah. He talks. Now I was called in the ministry when I was driving on Route 71, 70 East coming home from work. And uh it was just as plain as turn left. Wow. He says, you're my minister. I told my wife. When we laid down that morning, my wife told the pastor where we was going to church at. 
pastor told me I had to go to school because I got too many kids. You got to have a big church if you're going to feed those kids, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, from, uh, I didn't know it, he was over top of uh, Kentucky Christian College. And uh, he'd already made plans for me to go to the college down there. They had me a job all set up. They had me an apartment set up. All I had to do was quit Timken Rollerberrying and go down there and go to work. But uh, God had other plans. GPS kicked in. (laughs) What is funny, from the the last guys that we were talking to, it it seems to be a, a common theme even with you two now you two weren't in here to see hear the other two is well this wasn't what i had planned no i mean but that being said and and we said this on the the last couple guys like but this plan was so much better though wasn't it yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i i was i was on the road to destruction Mm -hmm. and I have seen people saved. I've seen them baptized. I've seen them healed. I've seen families put back together. (laughs) No, I would never, never want to go back to where I was headed. Yeah. So, just try to, you know, keep keep this as... Short as we can. I don't, I, I've got two questions, but I want the same question for both of you. All right? all right. So, in the middle of what we're going through right now, where uh, the coronavirus is out there, uh, things are being shut down. We have um, uh, some churches that are doing have moved to some online stuff. Uh, some are still kind of meeting, but they're modifying. Um, so, with my first question is. How do you think that this is going to change the face or the structure of the American church, if it will at all? Brian, oh, geez, you why don't you just ask an easy question? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, well, I think it has, I mean, it has the potential to change it a lot. Um, some of it will depend on how long goes on for um but i think it's going to force us to to move out of our comfort zone um you know it's real easy to just show up and go to church on sunday morning and go home and you you know get in that routine where that's normal um I, I think this is going to force a new normal. And uh, I think that it's going to make us have to be creative in how we do ministry um, because get a bunch of people together um, and generally more people, the better is, has been the sort of marching song for, for ministry for a long time. And uh, we got to change our tune. Um, so uh, I, I, but I think, um, I think it's going to be good for the church in a lot of ways because, um, uh, if, if history has shown us anything that it, the church under pressure, um, it, it can do awesome things because the word says that when we're weak, that God's strong. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, it might mean that we're meeting in smaller groups than we're used to. It might mean uh, the smaller groups are uh, having to go out and do ministry on their own rather than uh, a big, you know, come to the church type thing. At least for right now, the big, like, come to our outreach at our church days are are over, um, at least, for you know, for the time being. Um and I, so it's going to force us to have to love our neighbors and, and go to them. Um, and it's, 
so I, I think that it presents us with all sorts of challenges, but I think that it also may actually help us get a little bit healthier because, um, because we can't just live in the routine that we've got and uh, that it's, you know, that people that are just kind of, you know, like you guys talk about on, on the podcast a lot, the guys that are just checking the box, um, they're not going to have that, that service to go to, or at, at least, you know, it's going to be real easy for those people to kind of walk away. Yeah. Um, it, like this, this yeah. will be the excuse they need to say like, okay, well, I don't need to go to church right now. Um, and for the ones that are sort of on the fence, they're either going to go one way or the other. Um, they're either going to commit to it a little bit more and, and we're going to see cool things happen there or they're going to just kind of fade, you know, fade to black. Um, and for, for those of us that, uh, are, are really dedicated to this thing, we're going to, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be pushed out of our comfort zone and, uh, and find new ways to look at ministry and do ministry. And, uh, so it's a frightening time, but it's also kind of exciting time too, because, um, every, every time, uh, you have big changes like this, um, and anytime any kind of hard times come to the church, uh, it just provides new opportunities. Um, and so I've been thinking about that verse that says that we shouldn't live uh, as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. And uh, And right now we've been given lots of new opportunities to minister to people. So uh, one thing we talk about here at out of the boat is that uh, when you or we become uncomfortable, that's where God works best. Yeah. Um, you know, the scripture that's on our front door uh, about Jesus on the water and telling Peter to come out. You know, we talk about it out of the boat quite a bit that Peter had never really experienced Jesus. Right. He'd been around Jesus. He'd seen miracles. But until that point in time of stepping out of that boat where I'm sure it was very, very comfortable to literally a, mir a miraculous event of stepping out onto the water, that's when he truly experienced Jesus. And so the times that we're in right now is that time of, Lord, this is very uncomfortable. School's closing yeah. for three weeks, possibly the rest of the year restaurants being closed well, that's gonna make a bunch out of the boat boys uncomfortable uh, right yeah there. yeah but from my understanding takeout is still good so takeout well, is still good. good that'll be good yeah. we can still get takeout food but there is definitely going to be some uncomfortable times for people and like you mentioned this this is opportunity uh to grow the yeah. kingdom because there always has to be a place to turn in those dark times and yep we need to be well, the light i mean if you think about you know, just today, our our governor um, closed down uh, eat-in dining. Think of all the people in waitress jobs. Um, yeah, that all of a sudden don't have a a job to go back to. Um, there's going to be a a big need real quick, um, and and you know the government can only do so much to help there um and so this is going to be an opportunity for the church to shine and and, and, and that's I, I like that point when we were helping with um some of the flood victims uh from the flood that have been in what two years now yeah i was talking with um uh, pastor steve hubbard and I was really frustrated with what some government stuff that was going through to try to help these people out. Right. And he said something to me that's really stuck with me. And, and I think it's going to be, I mean, we're, we're talking very small scale as to what was going on at that point during that time. But he said something to me that's really stuck with me. And I think it, 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 it can shine during this time is the government wasn't created to take care of the people. The government was created to govern the people. The church 
was created to take care of the people. The problem is the church has failed at that and the government has stepped in. And that's what so many people wait for the government to take care of them. Right. I think this is going to be a great time for the church to step up and be the church and stop thinking of it as, well, I can't go to my building, so I, my church, your church is not closed. That building's yeah. closed. Right. But you getting together with your brothers and sisters in Christ, that's the church. Getting out into the community and, and taking care of the needs of the community, that's the church. Right. That's what, and, and, I, and I'm with you, this is going to be a great opportunity, whether the opportunity is taken or not, it's going to be a great opportunity for the church to step up and say, we're here to love you because we were first loved, and we're here to help you in any way we can by being as generous as we can. Um, so, uh, yeah. but it, Amen. it was one of those things that I was kind of thinking about. But you know, Dave, what, where are you at on all this? What are you? What are your thoughts on uh, the church and the perils of this age? I'm going all the way back to the 1950s and then the 1960s, and I'm walking in front of the post office, and there's a big sign out at out there, sitting right on the sidewalk, says Uncle Sam wants you. And I'm seeing Jesus Christ saying, people, I want you. Mm. See, when he dealt with Peter that you mentioned, Peter had a, it had to be just a mind change when he walked on the water. But God had something more important for him to do than just sitting there think about walking on the water. And when he sat down there in the last chapter of John, and he asked Peter three times, do you love me? And each time he says, either feed my sheep or take care of my lambs. Mm. I think the reason why he asked him three times wasn't because he denied him three times. I don't think that affected Jesus in any way, shape, or form. I think he was telling Peter how much he loves the sheep. Mm. And even today, wow. I think Jesus has set a fire out there and he's put some fish down and he's put some bread down there. He's already cooked. You know that out in the boat, they had just caught a whole bunch more fish. I wanted to rip Peter's head off. I think he was a bad boy. He was going fishing. He had another job to do, mm. but Jesus didn't do that. Jesus sat down and fed him, and he could have blessed that fish and fed 5,000 more people, but he decided to do one other thing. He just asked his soup, he just said this one little statement that means so much. Go get, some of the, go get the fish you just caught, and let's enjoy that. And then he sits down and says, if you love me, prove your love. Prove your love by taking care of the sheep. And I think that's us today. Out of the boat, we need more shepherds. And we need shepherds that's willing to sit there. And even though Peter was not a trained shepherd, he never went to college. <laughs> God could use him. And I think God can use every man that shows up here. He can use every man that's listening to this broadcast and I think Jesus is setting the stage so that you can hear him say, take care of my sheep. Mm. He yeah. loves, he still loves this world. And we can overcome by getting out of the boat and walking on the water with Jesus. Amen. Well, and, and David said something that I, I've, I've said different times is, is Peter, the apostles, none of them went to school. None of them went to seminary or anything like that. And uh, if, if you haven't read the Bible, they did pretty good. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the church grew pretty well under their leadership. It, it is not so much about uh, how much you know. It's more about who you know. And uh, if, and 
you know, when in, in Acts, when it talks about uh, Peter and John before the before the um, religious leaders, um, it said that they recognized that that Peter and John weren't educated uh, men, but they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I just think, it, especially in these times, we just need to have a bunch of people that have been with Jesus, um, and it's not gonna take a ministry degree it's not going to take uh you know deep understandings of of hebrew and greek it's just going to be take a bunch of people that have been with jesus that are willing to go and and feed the sheep um like jesus told peter and um yeah and 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 you don't need a seminary degree to 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 feed somebody you don't need a seminary degree to to love somebody to care for somebody to see their need i mean and and i think that that holds back a lot of people from sharing their faith is because well i'm afraid of what i'm going to say and i don't know the bible you know but that's not what you're called to do you're called to love love one another take care of one another um so my next question (laughs) is uh we've had We've had guest speakers that have come in and, and talked it out of the boat, and and th- there's been a, a, a few people who've, who have, have said this, but you guys have in past history and, and ministry, what a, what makes this gaggle of misfits different from, you know, what you've seen in, uh, in, in different churches that you've been in, or, you know, why does... You know, because the last the last guest speaker that we had in, um, Pastor Grubb said, you know, in in the years that he's been in ministry, typically what he sees, especially with men's ministries, is it'll start off there'll be, you know, twenty, thirty guys that'll show up the first week, then the next week it'll be like ten, the third week it'll be three, and the fourth week they're trying to figure out what else, you know, what new to do. Um, you know, we've been six seven years. The Lord continues to. Uh, bring people to us. The Lord continues to um, to to grow this group. The Lord continues to uh, bring people like Thrivent, who we've who we talked to earlier, um, and to help support us. Um, so, what have you seen that's that that's different here that may encourage other guys who don't come, or maybe are apprehensive to come, or afraid to come? Like, what have you seen that's yeah, or you know, for people who aren't around here, who maybe you know need to step out and start their own group. Um, so, I guess over your years of experience, I guess that would be my question: is what do you see that that's different here? Um, I I think part of it is that uh, you guys are just willing to let guys be guys dudes be dudes um and what i mean by that is you don't have to live up to any kind of pretense of oh this is a group for christian guys so you have to act a certain way talk a certain way um you know put on this front of like this is you know i'm a christian guy you can just come in here and be who you are um, and you're going to get loved just the same way as the next guy that comes in. You know, you could be, you could be a a drug addicted swearing sailor with a prostitute on each arm and walk (laughs) through the door and get loved the same way you would if you're a pastor from a local church um, walking through the door. And, uh, I, I, so I think that's part of it is that, that guys come in here and they don't feel like they have to be, uh, they don't have to pretend, they don't have to act like, um, act like a, a you know a model Christian. Um, they can just be real and be real about how, you know their faith and what God's doing. Um, and I, so I think I think there's that. Um, I think that also there's a passion here at Out of the Boat um, in in the guys that are here um, that you don't normally see at at a church where where guys you know 
you, you know, you you come and you, uh, you know, you go to a men's thing and and I've been to a lot of men's things at churches, but it's usually a, a group of guys they get together. Um, you know, they maybe have breakfast together, or maybe they have some speaker come in, and uh, and they and then they all go home, and it's not not doesn't give them an opportunity to really talk about their lives and and the stuff they're going through, and uh, to actually share with one another and and laugh with each other and cry with each other and and actually do life with one another. It's just another program that you show up to. Um, And, you know, uh, having just another program to show up to, that's just another thing on the calendar. And, uh, you know, so people have to make, make choices. Well, you know, I can go to that program at church or, or not. And if you, if they, you know, it's just going to be a thing where you eat some food, like, yes, that's a plus. But then, uh, you know, if it's just like sit around and listen to some, somebody read the Bible and then, you know, say a prayer at the end, like, you know, like that's, that's only going to go so far and, and keep people's attention so long. But you know, if you come into a place where, you know, people are asking you about, you know, how your life's going and, 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 uh, you know, what you're dealing with and how are you doing with this or, or, you know, you talked about that last week, like, how's that going? Um, and, and everybody's being honest and open back and forth. And then to see the, the passion of the guys here to, to see, you know, the gospel, uh, go out and people will be served. Like that's something you want to get, be a part of. Um, you want to be a part of people that are passionate and, and real. And, uh, and I think that that's something that's missing in a lot of, of guys stuff. Babe. Spring is sprung. <laughs> Farmers going to go out into the field they're going to spread their seed all over the place. They're going to said, spread seed right where it's been spread for the last 20 or 30 years. You can drive down the road and you can see the spots that flooded and the corn isn't growing very good at all. But he's going to continue to plant that every year. Then you're going to see where it's planted and the corn is so tall. It's reaping ready to harvest. I think a lot of it has to do with God planting the seeds. Mm-hmm. I wasn't here in the beginning, but I can see God planted a seed here, and he made sure that the soil was fertile. And you guys have sown seeds in the hearts of men that God has already prepared to receive that seed, and they're here. He built his church. And hell is not going to prevail against yeah. it. Amen. Amen. My prayer is hell will not prevail against what God has planted right here. I believe you're here for a purpose. I believe you're going to touch men's lives. And I believe you're going to see shepherds come right out of this place right here during this trial that we're going through. And they're going to help like we're doing tonight, collecting food to feed the hungry and the poor. I think we're going to survive because God already knows the future. Amen. Amen. I, I think another part of it too is that that a lot of what you see out of the boat is genuine church. It, like what you read about in the New Testament about the way that they care about the word of God and praying and and fellowshipping with one another and sharing meals together. God forbid that didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, like the real church can be seen here. And, you know, you look at, at the new Testament and in the new Testament, the real church was attractive to people. People 
were drawn to it. Um, some people came and were like, Oh no, that, that's a little bit crazy for me. And they walked away. But a lot of people were drawn to that, uh, because they're drawn to Jesus. And I think that maybe the reason that a lot of other, uh, men's ministries and, and churches struggle is because what's happening there doesn't look like the real church. And, um, and so it's it's kind of not as attractive, and people are, you know, people aren't drawn to it like they are the real church because Jesus isn't the the center of it. Jesus isn't, isn't you know, the th- the passion behind it, um, and and so I think you know people people see the real church glimmering through here, and they want to be a part of it. Um, and, and I think such a huge part of that is, is the fellowship that we have here at out of the boat. Um, the, the fact that we love, you know, we truly love each other. We truly want to do life together. We truly, uh, care about each other and text each other and, and check on each other and, uh, all that the, in the course of my life, any group that I've ever been a part of where I just felt like I want to be there. Like if I could be there every night of the week, I'd be there. Um, that it all had to do with um, the fellowship and that the people that I was going there with wanted uh, wanted Jesus as much as I did. Um, the, the youth group that I grew up at that God called me to into ministry with, that was maybe one of the only other places that I felt as close to those people um, and and saw the same kind of fellowship and love for one another as as I see here out of the boat and uh, and it like instantly I was like I want to be a part of that um, and even even people that aren't a part of out of the boat in our community uh, I think recognize like the fellowship and and the the special nature of it um and that even if they can't come to it uh there's i think there's a lot of people that say like i'd love to be a part of something like that you know when we started um when out of the boat got a name and we started talking about doing a one time a month post man up meeting and bringing in speakers um we talked about where we would do it and what we wanted because we we had friends who would say i could never step foot in a church man lightning would come down from heaven and strike me it'd fall in on me we all know those friends right and so where we were looking for was a place and i and i know there are still people out there today that when you say church they think of the big steeple. They think of, they, they don't see it for a body following Jesus in action, in his footsteps, doing his will. They see it as like this physical plant of, you know, this church built in 1850. And, and so we were looking for a place that was basically not intimidating like that. And so basically what we, we started out in uh, the stagecoach, um, who was one of the local physicians who let us go in there once a month and it was just a building and we would set up the chairs and we would bring in a pastor or a, a guest speaker. We uh, usually would have somebody do praise and worship. And then uh, the building that we're in uh, came open and this building that we're in, uh, if you've never been by it or seen it, it is not a church. It doesn't look like a church. It's just a building. It has four walls. But what we found is both those places have been non-intimidating. But after a while, what guys find out after they come is this is the church. This is church. What we do here, whether it be today on uh, this Sunday afternoon, collecting food, um, or whether it be on our Thursday nights is what church is. But it's that factor that is hopefully less intimidating for men 
that uh, allows them to come back uh, every week in the model that we have and to be comfortable um, and to open up. So if there's somebody out there who is just kind of maybe on the fence, uh, I don't know, like maybe that seems to be a little bit, you know, out of my comfort zone. I don't know, you know, maybe weird. What, what if they call me to talk? What if they call me to pray? What if I have to do something out loud? Like, what would you say to those men to get them here? In here, there is no intimidation. In here, you're free to come in and sit down and eat pizza and get up and leave. Right. You are. Yeah. Uh, in here, you'll find your needs met. You'll find friends that you can depend upon. You'll find somebody that wants the best for you and wants what you want. If I'm on a fence, I'm going to have to get off one way or the other. And if you don't like the way you've always got off, give out of the boat a try. We won't bite. Nope. We'll give you uh, food. Unless there's food close by. Then you're on your own. Yeah. Um, I, would, I would say... You know, if you're if you're a dude that's kind of going, man, uh, yeah, I might I might think about it, um, but I, but I don't know. Um, if you like to sit down and have a slice of pizza every once in a while, um, that's. Uh, I mean, you don't even have to like pizza even. If you you can come in here, you can sit down, not say a word, and walk back out if, if that's what you want. Um, if you want to eat some pizza, you can eat some pizza. If you want to speak up and say something, you can speak up and say something. Um, there, There's no, uh, they don't ask you for a commitment level um, when you come in. They don't ask you for, for money coming in. They don't ask you to pray or, or do anything. They just ask that you come in. Um, and But when you come in, um, you are just going to be treated as a regular person. You're not going to, you know, you're just going to be who you are. And uh, they're going to love you for it. Um, it doesn't matter what your life looks like. They're not going to judge you for it. Um, we just get get together, talk about Jesus, um, and you can be a part of that conversation or not be a part of that conversation. But I think what you're going to find is the the passion for Jesus and the the love that you see for one another here is going to make you want to be a part of it. So you're gonna what you're gonna do? You're gonna come in. You're gonna say, "All right, I'm, I'm maybe eat a slice of pizza, but I'm just gonna sit here," and that'll work for a week or two. But then all of a sudden, you start to find out that these guys are are good friends of yours because they've loved you, they've talked to you, and then all of a sudden, someday you're gonna find yourself maybe joining in the conversation a little bit. Um, and next thing you know, you're, you're going to be hooked. Uh, next thing you know, we got you sucked in. Yeah. Uh, like I, we're I handed, did, we're I didn't, handing you snakes. I did, yeah. I didn't mean to do like a, I didn't mean to do like the pastoral pun and throw in hooked to out of the boat ministries, but, <laughs> but like, but I mean that, that's, that's true. How many people, you know, Dave and me sitting here and, and how many other guys come in and then then they get hooked? Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, the only other thing that I would say is, you know, y you sit around a lot, and and if you've been around church very long, you go, man, what would it have been like to hang out with the disciples? You know, this bunch of, like, misfit, rough-around-the-edges uh, guys who are just a bunch of guys that a lot of the times Jesus was like, 
what are you even talking about? <laughs> but, uh, but just a bunch of guys that love Jesus. If you ever have wondered what it would be like to hang around with, with the disciples, come, come check out of the boat because you're going to find a bunch of misfit rough around the edges guys yeah. uh, who probably a lot of times Jesus is rolling his eyes and going like, what is even, what are they even thinking about? Yeah. Most of the time. Um, yeah. yeah. Most of the time. But, but they, <laughs> but they love Jesus. And uh, so if, if you want to see what real disciples look like, come check it out. Well, it's, uh, and it's really humbling to hear and, I got to tell you, you know, uh, you know, we've heard several times today. This wasn't a plan, you know. Um, it's just amazing uh, what God's done. Um, just this, how He's weaved everything in His time. Everything has been perfect in His timing uh, for Out of the Boat Ministries for the people who's who's come in, um, you know. And I have no doubt that uh, Dave, your timing coming is perfect. It's, it is his time, and he's got you here at, the, at this very time for, for whatever reasons, for his glory. Um, I, I know there are folks out there that are thinking, and, you know, oh, I, I just, I, I don't know. Here's my challenge for you. Just come one time. Just come one time and check us out. Just, right. It's a 6.30 on Thursday night. Come check us out. I think you'll find um, we're, pretty, we're pretty funny. Uh, as in, like, we just like to have a good time. We like to talk with one another. Um, but I think you'll find that we're just real. And that the way we talk, the answers that we give, the way we work through the Bible, we talk through Scripture, is we're just real about that. Yeah. Well, and you guys, if you're saying, like, you know, over and over again, we're talking about this. This, this isn't what I had planned. Um, there's a whole lot of people in our country right now going, this isn't what right. I had planned. Right. Um, maybe that's because God's moving you in a direction. Um, and, and so, you know, if you're listening and you're thinking about out of the boat, maybe the reason, one of the reasons that, uh, things aren't going as planned is because God wants to give you a new plan. Mm. And, uh, and maybe that part of that plan is you listening to this podcast right now and God saying, maybe you need to check out this out of the boat yeah. thing. So, uh, man, for the longest time, I've always thank God for uh, the men that he has sent here throughout the time. Um, so, and, and the same with the group that's here now. Like, I, I thank God for the people that he sent here now. I'm excited for the guys that are here now and what the Lord's going to have in store for us. But I'm also excited for those people who don't even know that here within the next few months, few mm, weeks, yes. few years, that they're going to be part of this, um, and God's going to connect them in, and and who knows what He's going to do through those people who don't even know they're going to be here. <clears throat> yeah. So yep. that's just so exciting. So again, I, I want to thank you guys for taking time yeah, to come in and talk to sure. us. Um, I love um, I love that you guys are part of the group. Um, I'm excited about where that's going to go, um, but. Man, I just, I love you guys, and yeah, I'm looking yeah. forward to, um, so much. you know, continue to do life together and, yeah. and learning from both of you because of the the complete different paths that both of you have been on with Christ. It's not the yeah. path that I'm interested in. It's the fact that you were with Christ on the path, and that's Amen. what that's what I'm interested in. So we're going to uh, wrap up this segment. So we'll be, we'll be back um, in a moment. Wow, that was, uh, that was some pa- a powerful interview with those two. Um, Man, there's so much there that we want to get into and kind of dissect. Yeah, for um, sure. That we want to kind of wrap up. Uh, but but again, we don't want to extend these podcasts too long. So please um, come with us to Podcast 13, um, where we're going to kind of pull all this stuff together and kind of wrap things up. But man, what an, what an amazing interview. Um, humbling what these guys have said um, about this group. Uh, humbling the, the support that they've had for this group. So again... Please come with us to uh, episode 13, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of wrap this up some more. Thanks, Talk guys. Talk to you soon. You've been listening to Cast the Net, a production of Out of the Boat Ministries. For more information, follow us on Facebook at Out of the Boat Logan, or visit our website 
out of the boat ministries.com. <laughs>